Thank you, God, that we are fit, we 
doesn't matter what you see now can you see his glory for i know who i am take a look at me i'm a wonder yeah it doesn't matter what you see now can you see his glory for i know who i am so good. Our God is so good. Amen. Folks, faith over fear. Faith over fear. I want to welcome each and every one of you here once again to this revival, Faith Over Fear. And we've been talking about a few different uh, uh, items uh, this morning. We looked at the life and the narrative of David. Um, and this afternoon, or evening rather, we're going to turn to the children of Israel, the turn to the children of Israel. Um, Folks, I want to invite you back tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is going to be a very special night because as you know, based on the, the commercial that has been talking about this series, we're going to be touching on some very sensitive topics as we go. Uh, and tomorrow night is no exception to that. Tomorrow night, we're going to be looking at faith over guilt. Faith over guilt. And there are many individuals around the world who are plagued by guilt. And so we're going to be talking about that item tomorrow night. Uh, but tonight, we're going to continue on the theme of faith over fear. Faith over fear. And I don't have to tell you that we live in a very strange time. Am I right or wrong? Uh, we live in some strange times right now because uh, we are living in a time of fear. People are anxious, people are crazy. People have gone mad. You don't want to cut anybody off on the highway because they just might do something horrible to you. I mean, that's just how it is right now. And whatever city you're in, whether you are in, in Pakistan, whether you're in the, the Caribbean, I can tell you right now that people are very uneasy. And, and, and faith over fear is just to soothe that uneasiness to let us know that if we just trust in God, that he is our best friend. Can I say that again? If we just trust in God, he's has promised that he's going to take care of us. So faith over fear, my friends, faith over fear. So I'm going to turn your attention tonight, turn your attention tonight to the word of God because we find comfort through the word of God. And so Exodus chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14, there is that narrative there about the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 14 and we'll look at verses 10 onward to verses 15. Exodus chapter 14 and verses 10 to 15. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. The Bible says here, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. Can I stop here for a moment? So they were very what? afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you de so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Let me say it again. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. 
Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. Can I say that again? That's exciting words. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. Isn't the word just delightful? Verse 15 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. We'll speak on the next topic, the topic here tonight. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, give us a word tonight. Lord, whenever we feel fearful, just remind us that we belong to you. You are our master. You are our father. You are our king. And so, Lord, take care of your people tonight. Those listening online, Lord, draw near to each one. And even when the moments when we may be scared about things, Lord, allow for us to just rest ashore knowing that we can trust in you. This we pray in Jesus' name that all of God's people say, amen, amen, amen. One country that caught my attention just recently is that of Australia. And Australia has on its coat of arms uh, two animals. Can anyone tell me what those animals are? You can guess. One of them has uh, two legs, usually jump around. You got it. It's a kangaroo. And the other is an emu. Those two animals. And, and, and the Australians chose those two animals for a very important reason. Very strange reason at that. Um, it's a mere fact that these two animals uh, usually go forward. They rarely are ever seen going backward. Not that they can't, but they're rarely, rarely ever seen going backward. They always go forward. And I believe that God created those two animals for a specific reason to teach us a few things as believers and those who are new believers. To teach us that God's desire for us is not to stay put, not to quit, not to give up, not to turn aside but to always go forward. His desire is for us to, to, to go forward and not to go back from where we used to be, not to go back to what we used to be. I know that COVID hit, and when COVID hit, many individuals sit at home. You haven't gone to church. You haven't been able to, to lift your holy hands. You haven't been able to even say amen. Well, maybe you were saying amen sitting on your couch at home, and now you became so comfortable that you thought, well, now even though churches might be open softly, then maybe I don't really have to go because I've become real comfortable right now. I can surf the internet. I can go wherever I choose. I can watch my favorite preachers. I can go about and watch my favorite musicians. I can do all host of things sitting right in my bedroom, sitting in my living room. Don't even have to take off my pajamas. Help me, Jesus. You feel real good that you can sit at home, but can I interrupt you for a moment? Can I just get you off your cozy couch for a moment and just remind you that you need to go forward? Meaning that you can't sit at home and expect to grow in Christ? No, 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 there is difference. In fact, that's why Jesus said, the first, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. That means that you don't sit at home and say, well, I feel comfortable right here. I don't need to go out there. I don't need to drive a half an hour. I don't need to drive 15 minutes. I don't need to walk across the block. After all, I don't want to be able to change out of my pajamas today. My friends, God wants a personal relationship with you. Yes. 
And yes, some individuals tell me, well, Pastor, I can have that personal relationship right at home. Yes, you can have a personal relationship at home. But guess what? And let me give you the story of the old evangelist. Can I just tell you the story of the old evangelist? I'm not even following my script right now, just to let you know. I'm just talking to you. The old evangelist used to tell us, you know, they, they, they went to one home. One evangelist went to a home, and the lady was there, and she said, Pastor, I don't want to come to church. You know, there are those people in there, they just talk bad about you. I don't need to come to church. I can serve God all by myself right at home. And so the pastor didn't say much. They had a fireplace blazing inside of the home. He just went there directly to the fireplace. It was those cold fireplaces. You know, in Miami, we don't need that stuff. If, in case you're looking for a nice warm place, this is the place to be, right, PJ? Oh, yeah. This is the place to be. But they had a fireplace, and the pastor just moved over to the fireplace. He took, he took the, 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 the little thing on the side, I don't even know what it's called, uh, on the side of the mantle, and he poked in there, and he found himself a nice hot piece of coal. He took it out, and he put it right by the side of the mantle, and he left it there. And she was looking at him, strange, wondering what's going on. And then he sat down and he just continued to stare at her. And she was feeling odd. She looked over at the coal and she said, Pastor, what are you doing? He said, um, ma'am, just look at the coal. And after a while, the coal just went like it said, no pun intended, it went cold. And she said, but Pastor, it just went out. He said, that's exactly what happens to you. That's exactly what happens to a Christian who feels as if they can stay out the fire. The reason why you come to church, the reason why you assemble together is because you, this is the fire. The church is the fire. It's the heat. You stay out of it, you're going to grow cold. As, as, as messed up as the church is, as, as, as problematic as the church is, you think you can strive out there? My friends, that's when the devil attacks you. I don't have to tell you, you know fully well. That's why some are struggling right now, just trying to stay afloat spiritually. You are struggling because the devil has been hanging on to your back. He's on your back at work. You're trying to do a Zoom meeting and just things ain't going right. It's not going right because you're straight away from God. And God is meanwhile saying, look, I want you to come back to an intimate relationship with me. And when you're in the church with all of the frailties and the fragmented problems that happens in the church, it's to keep you grounded and close to Christ. Because when sister so-and-so tells you something and you get all mad and you go home, you're like, Lord, I can't believe I can't even go back to that church. And you fall on your knees and begin to pray. And God shows you in the scripture. And he says, look, I'm speaking to you. This is not a time for you to grow cold. You need to go back there. You need to do what's right because it keeps you grounded, my friends. That's why you can't give up on the church. In fact, the church does not belong to me. The church does not belong to PJ. The church does not belong to the deaconess. The church does not belong to that elder who feels like he owns the entire world. The, the church belongs to Jesus. That's why we're here, my friends, talking about faith over fear. Because even when things begin to be trying on our lives and we feel as if everything is messed up and we just don't know what in the world we're going to do, we can trust in Jesus. So here, 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 faith over fear. This revival is to remind us of where we're going. The Oxford Dictionary defines revive as this. A revival is to bring back to life or consciousness or strength. Are you hearing me? It implies that there was once life and there was once power, but for one reason or the other, weakness and frailty set in. In looking at God's church today, 
it becomes even more evident than ever that now is the time for true revival. Ellen White in Selected Messages, book one, page 121. She's my favorite author. She says, a revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. We need to be revived in this time. And right now, I truly believe it is Satan's plan to allow God's people today to become ineffective and inactive. It is Satan's plan to allow for us to be stagnant and stuck. It is Satan's plan to allow for us to be comfortable and contented, to be lethargic and lazy, to be compliant and compromising. That way, we would not experience what true revival is like. COVID has caused many individuals to become spiritual couch potatoes, social media and church entertainment junkies. We love a good show, and we sit at home and say how great it is, and we fail to even realize that God has called us to a faith in action, meaning that we don't just sit there and do absolutely nothing. Say, preach on, pastor. Preach on, elder. Do your thing. And you sit at home feeling comfy. God says, I rebuke that type of spirit. God does not want us to remain in a latent state. He wants us to go forward in faith, believing that he is still powerful enough. He is still great enough. He is still strong enough to do exceedingly more than what we could even think or even imagine. So here, I told you about Exodus. I read the scripture, right? Exodus chapter 14 is that narrative. We all know so well the children of Israel is in the wilderness, and they had been enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years. They had suffered under the hands of Pharaoh, but God's mighty hand of deliverance had brought them out of Egypt. And out of the hand of this, this master, out of the hand of oppression, the place of oppression and bondage, and they started on the journey. Can you imagine them uh, uh, continuing on this journey with hopes and expectations that they were going to just enter into the promised land? Yes, they were going to get over all of the trials that they had encountered, and now they're going to go into the land of promise, and everything would be rosy. They marched for a few days, and they expected the journey to be short. But, but suddenly, suddenly, they, they stopped traveling, and their focus was no longer on the promised land. Their eagerness was now growing cold. And instead of continuing on the journey with some resilience, they began to camp out by the Red Sea. Are you still with me? They began to camp out by the Red Sea. And on either side of them were the towering mountains. And they, they saw the clear waters of the Red Sea before them. And they became comfortable. And they lost sight of the promised land. And they forgot that they had enemies who desired for their, their hurt. And Exodus chapter 14 and verses 10 picks up on the narrative. The Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. In their state of comfort, their enemies were right behind them. They were so comfortable that they did not even place a watchman and guard. Can you believe it? And before they knew it, they were stuck. If the truth be told, many of us are just like the children of Israel. We have lost sight 
of why God has placed us here in this time frame. Realize that God chose you to live in a time of COVID. Can I say it again? God didn't choose Paul and Silas to live in this time. God chose you to endure one of the worst periods in this earth's history. And you have to pause for a moment and say, God, how come you chose me at this moment to live in this time period? Could it be that God has this special purpose for, for you because he knows your character is greater than even Paul and Silas in the past? Could it be that God chose you because he knows of your giftedness and your talents are so adequate that they can reach more people than what others have even deemed possible? Now you have social media, you have thousands of friends, and you haven't even told one about Jesus. You have the capability of reaching more people than the Paul and Silas did and the other disciples did in that time period because they were on foot. Now with just a few fingers of a button, you can reach thousands. There are some Adventists, some people in the church who have over 50,000 followers and they haven't said a thing about Jesus. There are musicians in the church, grew up in the church, singing their heart out to Jesus. And now they have dumbed down their music and now have thousands of people they chill with and yet haven't even told a soul about their Savior. How dare you after what God has done for you in your life, how far he has brought you from. And yet a person of faith who have not really told about what God has done, how can that be? Some of us are so busy that we don't even find time to pray like we used to. We're so busy, we get up, we go to work, we get on those, those hybrid meetings, those Zoom meetings, Ring Central meetings or whatever platform you're using, and you have all these meetings throughout the day, and you're meeting out. By the time the night comes, you just fall asleep on your pillow. Don't even say, Lord, thank you. Don't even meet with your family for a few moments just to have prayer. It's now become something that is, is obsolete for some families because they're just so busy. And you begin to say, where in the world are you going? It's now a call for revival. Get your family together. Pray together. Find yourself a church home and begin to worship like you've never worshipped before. My friends, it's time for you to wake up. Look at where we are right now. We're in a world that has been shut down and still can't get out of it. And no matter how much we try, we can peel back the mask as much as we can. And there are new variants coming right out that keeps shutting things right back down again. Because God has been shutting us down to get our attention and yet we continue to be busy. We need a revival, my friends. How in the world can we withstand the attacks of the enemy if we don't take time out for prayer and devotion? When I look at this text, here are they, they're so comfortable. The, the, the Israelites are so comfortable, they don't realize that they're even stuck. The mountains are on both sides, the Red Sea is right in front of them, and their enemies are right at their back. And then when their enemies finally show up, they said, oh my goodness, we're stuck. We are living in the days of the end. This is the time of the end. We have been preaching. I heard evangelists from since I was yay high talking about we were waiting for the time of the end, the time of Jacob's trouble and all these things. You know the messages. We are the 2300 days. We have all the time periods and every Adventist is waiting for this period where we're going to be having the mark. 
where we're going to be having the, 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 the Sunday law being enforced. And we fail to realize that we're living in it right now. We're living in it. It's just a matter of time before everything is enacted, and yet you can be found outside. Okay, I went a little bit too far, PJ. We have an enemy who is constantly trying to destroy us, destroy our families, destroy our church. And many of us are still asleep. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But thanks be to God, the Bible says he walks as a roaring lion. Did you see that? But when I read the word, the word says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the real McCoy. The devil walks around like he's in total control, but Jesus is the one in total control. The Israelites had forgotten that they had an enemy who hated them. They had lost their focus, and now they're trapped, stuck between their enemies and the Red Sea, right where the enemy wanted them. And many of us find ourselves, even in this situation, right now with COVID and everything that's happening, stuck in certain situations with no way out. Can I, be, can I tell you right now? Some people are stuck right now in some terrible relationships, wishing that, that with COVID they can get out, but now they're stuck at home with somebody they hate. Some people are stuck in some dead-end jobs, and they wish they can, they can just leave, but because of COVID, they don't know what's going to be the end result. Some people are stuck in an abusive marriage, Lord help you. Some people are stuck right now with no one to marry. It's COVID and nobody wants to go on a date. Some people are stuck because they can't graduate. Stuck trying to get into school. Stuck because they have a debt load that they can't even carry. Right now they're trying to see how they can work out stuff to see how they can call one or pull from this credit card to pay that credit card. Trying to see how they can balance it. They can't even return faithfully even if they wanted to. Some people are stuck right now taking pill after pill Praying and hoping that they can get well. Some people are stuck right now because they're mentally drained with the negative past experiences that they've had both in church and maybe even at home and at home and maybe in their relationship. Stuck and can't see a way forward. Remember a little while ago, Melanie and I visited a, a, a mental health center, and I was taken in by a woman who just sat there the whole time repeating a few phrases. One of the staff realized that I was transfixed on this, this woman. So she came over to me and she said, uh, Pastor, um, don't, don't worry about her. She, she just repeats things from her past. And it caught my attention because, because so many individuals right now are stuck in some negative past experiences. This woman could not go beyond certain things that occurred in her past that was so tragic till it affected her mental state and she felt stuck. Now, now, can I get a little bit closer to you? Because the truth is that because of COVID, there are so many things that have altered our mental states. Some individuals now who weren't anxious before are now anxious. You don't want to go in a crowd of people because you're anxious. Your anxiety is so high, you can't sleep at night like you used to because you don't know what the new variant is going to be. 
You, some people are terrified because they don't know if they should take the vaccine. They don't know if they should, should take it and it alters their blood, blood flow and bloodstream and all types of stuff is coming up. People are terrified right now of being in the presence even of family members. Some individuals have had to stand outside of the hospitals praying for individuals in the hospitals who are family members who are dying of certain illnesses and couldn't go in. You're scared right now. Stuck in some situations that you don't know how in the world you're going to deal with. Some, you might even be stuck in a situation right now where you're thinking about that bad business deal that happened 10 years ago. Now you're still paying for it. Maybe that relationship that failed and, 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 and you had to co-sign and now you're still paying. Maybe you, you're thinking about that failed marriage and that nasty divorce where the kids are still not even sorted out as to who is going to have custody. Maybe you, you lost that house a few years ago to the bank and now you're trying to figure out how in the world you can now repair your credit. I'm getting real now. I'm getting in your face. Maybe you even lost that dream job that you had. Maybe, maybe, maybe the, the person at church who lied on you or that family member who just got onto your skin and you haven't really made things right yet has kept you stuck spiritually. Too many of us, we fail to see that God doesn't desire for us to remain in the state that we're in. We can't get revived, my friends, by being stuck in certain situations. In fact, when I look at the children of Israel, they were so stuck that when you're stuck in situations, arguments begin to ensue. Am I right or wrong? When you feel stuck in a situation, you will make an argument at home just to be able to argue about something because it gets under your skin. You don't even know why you're arguing, but you're arguing because you're always mad. Why are you mad? I don't even know why I'm mad, but I'm mad. Because the, the stuff just gets to your head. Okay, you, you guys ain't with me now. Look, look, when, 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 you, get, when, you, when you have so many things weighing down upon you you, you, you have so much stress laying on your shoulders, any little thing will, will get you. Somebody just has to say good morning. Who's he saying good morning to? Good afternoon. Who's saying good morning? Good afternoon to? I didn't ask him to even speak to me. You become grumpy, irritable, because things in your life is just shambles. So that's why when people get upset, I don't take it to heart. I say, man, they got some stuff going on deep inside. When people cut me off on the road, I say, God bless you. Don't curse them. Just say, God bless you. Let them go. One man the other day, I was just reflecting, cut off this young lady at church. Road rage incident. She was just driving, minding her business. He got so upset, he swerved in front of her. And you know how they do, swerved a couple times, swerved a couple more times. And instead of now gaining, regaining control of the car, he lost control. And before long, his car spun out of control. He hit a pole and died instantly. Because people are just restless. They feel stuck in a certain situation. But can I tell you, you don't have to remain there. Can I, can I give you some hope right now? Because all this stuff is caused by fear, right? When, 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 the, when that bad business deal goes bad and you start getting jumpy, that's fear. All that stuff is fear. Because you're like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this thing. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this addiction. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this stress. My kids are driving me nuts. I don't know how in the world I'm going to process all of this. But Jesus has the answer, antidote. Jesus has the recipe for this. We must overcome fear. And how do you overcome fear? 
Number one, I gave you some of these this morning, but I'm giving you the key right now. The key to overcoming fear is prayer. The key to overcoming fear is prayer. You want to know how to deal with that boss who's getting on your last nerve? Pray. You want to know how to deal with that, that, that wife of yours who can't even say I love you? Who doesn't even want to sleep in the same bed with you? Who took all your stuff and sold it? Pray. Well, I'm getting in your business now. You want to know how to deal with that sister or that brother of yours who tried to steal your parents' money after they died? Pray. That is the recipe, my friends. Christ gave us the recipe. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil came at him. He told him, look, it's prayer. You can't touch me once I begin to pray. When the children of God begin to pray, the devil begins to tremble. When the devil comes at you and you begin to pray, be sure he's going to flee. He can't stand up to your connection with God. Prayer is the key for any Christian, my friends. If, if all else fails, you get on your knees. My friends, we don't even have to wait till all else fails. It should be the first thing we do. We use God as if he's the last resort. When we try to contact that person and contact this person, see how we can work things out. My money is short. Let me see if I call uncle so-and-so, auntie so-and-so, this person, trying to see how you can make ends meet. And you fail to realize all the while God has the antidote. If you just go to him and you say, God, here is my issue. You take the matter, you take that bill of yours and you spread it before God. And you open up your Bible and read a word of comfort in there. And you say, God, here I have this bill. I don't know how I'm going to pay this thing. Here I have this problem. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this thing. But God, only you know. You watch what he's going to do. But then you also... Similar to what I shared with you this morning, you begin to focus on the promises of God. Focus on the promises of God. Look, look, there are some deep promises in his word that you can't just leave alone. I mean, look at Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Look, that's a word you can hold on to when all else fails and you, you begin to see your world unraveling. You go to Proverbs, you hold on to this and say, God, you said in your word that I should trust you with all my heart. Lord, I'm trusting you right now that you'll be able to work things out. I'm trusting you that you will direct my path. I'm trusting you that you are going to keep me sane, oh God. I trust you that you're going to allow for my life and my pathway to be clear. God, take care of your children. So they asked, when the children of Israel got scared, they were stuck between two mountains, the Red Sea and their enemies. They said, what should we do? What should we do? Verse 15 says this, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Now, PJ, I, 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 was, I was questioning here. Here are God's people. Stuck in a situation. And God says, wait a minute. 
Why are you coming to me? God says, why are you coming to me? Could it be that because of COVID, we haven't even consulted God on all the other matters? That now when we're stuck in a situation, we're like, God, what, what should we do? And God is like, well, you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me before. You didn't even consult with me about the decision. You didn't even question anything. You didn't wait for me to even respond. And now you're going to ask me what you should do. But then God didn't leave him there, right? Verse 15 says, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Oh, I love my God. Because in spite of all the mess that we make of our lives, when we mess up and we make decisions that we know we should not have made, God turns around and he says, look, in spite of all the mess that you made, go forward. Go forward. Why? Even when it seems like it's just crazy. It's ludicrous. How can I go forward when I don't see a way, God? And, and, and the Bible lets us know that in that moment, in that moment, uh, it, it took some commitment, right? Because they be, they, they, you find that prayer helps us through to be able to trust God. You find that when we begin to focus on the promises. But then there's a part that we have to take, which is a commitment. Here is what God does. God, God went behind the children of Israel. So he blocks their enemies. Are you still with me? He blocks their enemies. And he blocks their enemies, but they're still stuck. There, there are mountains on both sides of them. And there is a Red Sea in front of them. And God blocks them. And God says, go forward. They're looking at the Red Sea and saying, God, where do you expect us to go? There's the Red Sea in front of us. And God said, you're asking me, go forward. Go forward even when it seems like it's just crazy. Go forward when it seems ludicrous. Something like this has never happened before. And, 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 and they had to do something that was very strange. They stepped forward, and when they were ankle deep into the Red Sea, God expected for them to commit. And when they committed, then all of a sudden they began to see when Moses lifted up his hand, my friends, the water began to recede. Can you imagine the children of Israel who, who's now standing on the banks and they're like, what in the world is going on? They're in the middle of the water and the water keeps getting lower. And the more that they walk is the more that they see that the water just keeps receding. The more that they walk, the water just recedes till they're in the midst of it and there's a wall of water around them, but they're not even, they're not even wet. Hello, God will do some great things for us, but it requires for us to just have that commitment to him. When we commit to him and we're able to walk through some places that other people have never been. We're able to be taken by God to places that other people have never trod. Why? Because he promises that once we trust him, once we have faith in him, once we rely on him, once we consult with him, he will take us through some places. He will take us through some valleys. He'll take us through some red seas that we have never been before. My friends... I pondered tonight, and thank you for praying for me. I pondered tonight what I should share with you and how much I should share. Because coming into a new congregation, you wondered, what will people think? What will they, what will they say? And I thought for a moment, I've got to share with you so you know the pastor's business. 
That's not the only reason. I want to share with you is to increase your faith. We've got to be able to trust God. When I graduated from school, when I graduated from school, and uh, honestly, I didn't want to preach. I can say that, right? I did not want to pastor a church. I tried to run from it. And I tell you that story in certain times, God had to keep me in a fire. The burning building. God had to injure my arm, throw me off a bike, all that stuff. And I finally made a decision, went down to, to Oakwood, graduated from school. And uh, I found a getaway when the conference was closed up, right? And they said, we're not hiring. And I was like, cool. I'm good. I tried. Isn't that all right? When you try to run from God? And you're sure right, I can't run from God. And then I started working at a little health club. My second degree is in physical therapy. And I felt good. And I applied for this job after working at this health club for some time, and I applied for this other job at a well-known place across the country, you know. And I said to them, I'm doing right. I consulted with God. God said, go for it. And I sit there, sat down in front of the, all the big, big wigs, and I said, I'm not working on the Sabbath because at sundown, don't expect for me to be here. That's the only thing that I want to make sure that you will honor. And one of the big wigs turned around and he said to me, you know, young man, I appreciate someone with values. And because you have values, you are hired. I was hired on the spot. And I was to start the next day. But God has a sense of humor, right? And the next day, I received a call from the conference, said, look, you're going to go into this church. And I said, all right. Uh, I didn't even know what the pay was. I said, all right, I guess God is moving in a different direction. I went into the church. I'm sharing with you my personal testimony. Not many people have ever heard this. I went into the church. And what I didn't know, what the part that they didn't tell me is that it was only for a short time. So I was there in this church, working in this church, and it was only for about three months. Then the conference called me back and says, we don't know what to do with you. Because although the church has been growing, um, we can't continue to pay you. Are you hearing me? And that in that moment required for me to do something. And many of you must be saying, man, you must be dumb. I'll just tell them, go somewhere and carry on with life. Right? And in the meantime, there was a church renovation. And the money was getting low because I had saved up. Because one thing you must know, I, I, I like to save. So I'd saved up enough. I had a good savings from my, from my job. And while I had my savings there, um, I was now living off my savings. Because there's nothing coming in. 
And to save the embarrassment, some of my family was probably hearing this for the first time, to save from embarrassment from some of my family, some who may not understand how the church goes, I didn't tell them. So I would leave from early morning, 7 a.m., and make my way out straight to church, PJ. And I start working because we're doing renovation. And I always, even to this day, have two sets of clothing. One for doing Bible studies and one for work at church. So I'm not afraid of doing the heavy lifting, the heavy labor, the construction, whatever it takes. And I remember the money going funny. You know what I mean? The change going strange. And I looked in the account and knew that on that day I didn't have enough money to buy gas to go back home. And here I am doing the Lord's work in the Lord's church and don't have enough money to go back home to buy gas. And in those moments you begin to question God, here I am in this situation doing your work and how is it that I feel so stuck? How is it that I, I'm, I feel like I'm struggling right now and I don't, don't see a, a way in this. I don't know how I'm going to be able to make it. God! And that day I went to church and I was standing in the, in the foyer area and I had a little talk with God. I say, God, something's got to give. Either you make a way or I'm going to make my way. It's been over a year at that time. In fact, it was a year and three months with no salary. And in that moment, you have to say, am I going to make my own way and be fearful? Or am I going to trust God? And as I was standing there, there was this one lady, she took the bus to church. And I felt it was strange because I didn't have an appointment with her. You know how it goes in the, in the, in the, in the middle of the week. Um, you know, it was, it was an off day. It was like, a, it was like a, a Monday in the middle of the day. Like, I know that some people usually come to church and they like to talk and some people like to clean and do all that stuff. But it was very odd to see her. And I, I, went, I went and I stood up there and I waited and then she came to the lobby and, 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 and was standing there and I started talking to her and then she says, Pastor, this is serious. I was praying and the Lord told me I must come here to meet you. Thank God for praying people. She said, God said, I should give you this. She didn't know of my situation because I could tell you this, I'm never going to complain. I could be going through H-E double hockey sticks and I'm not going to tell you. You know what I mean. And she handed me the funds. I told you I didn't have enough money to pay for gas to even go home. 
I didn't have enough money to pay for my insurance for the car to do Bible studies. And I watched how God took care of me in that time. She handed me an envelope and some of the, 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 the inside the envelope was some funds that was enough to be able to pay for my insurance. Enough to buy gas so I could continue with the Bible studies. And there are many individuals who were baptized, who were able to meet. And I watched how God was able to provide. Even when there was no income coming in from elsewhere, God still provided. So I've got good news for you that no matter what you're going through even now, just trust God. When you begin to pray and do his work, follow what he has said in his word. He has promised that he's not going to let you just fall by the wayside. He always works things out for his children. And once you consult with him, once you begin to speak with him and develop that relationship, you will see time and time again how he's going to make a way even when there seems to be no way at all. So tonight, it's very simple. I'm asking for individuals who want to say, you know what? I know there are some, some items in my life that is very fearful right now, very scary right now. I just don't know how I'm going to deal with it. But I promise tonight that I'm going to trust God. I promise tonight that I'm going to have faith in God. If that is you, can you just lift your hands with me? Whether you're near or far, you just promise that you're going to trust God. You're going to try him. You're going to test him. You're going to prove him. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, folks, this is a revival. And it's also a time when with those who have strayed away from God can know that they can come back and we can worship together. I told you that if you stay away, you're going to grow cold just like a piece of coal. But if you just trust God, like the old evangelist used to say, and be in that fire, then you shall stay hot. So tonight I'm calling for individuals who desire to stay hot, to be a part of a church family, to be a, a part of a church home that's going to keep you hot, keep you connected to God, that in spite of what you're going through right now, you want to be sure that you want to give your life to God. My friends, trust Him. Tonight I invite you, if you're under the sound of my voice tonight, that you decide to give your life to God. It's very simple. I know you may want to do your own thing. I know you may want to go your own way, but you can't run from God. You got to surrender to God. And that's why I'm asking you tonight, I'm pleading with you tonight, that you surrender your life to Him. If that is you tonight and you want to fully surrender your life to God and you want to be able to prepare whatever it may take so that your relationship is stronger, can you just join me by raising your hand? You want to surrender completely to God. Thank you so much. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. As a church family, we'll do whatever it takes to support you. We'll do whatever it takes so that you can grow spiritually. And those online, I invite you to go onto our website. Click on Faith Over Fear. And there is a link right there where you can tell us your information. Give us your information. And we will receive it personally. I would receive that information personally and follow up with you and pray with you and connect with you. And so that you know that you're not alone. We are here as a family. We will grow together. We will stay with one another. We will continue to be a family together until Jesus comes. Tonight, let's pray together. Father in heaven. Lord, we're just so thankful to know that you take care of your children. 
Lord, we believe that everything you said in your word, you will do. We thank you for your promises. That promises us, oh God, that you will never leave us or forsake us. So Lord, in moments where we may seem like things are just falling apart, remind us that we need to have faith in you, to trust you, and to, to remember that you're a God who sticks closer than a brother. So we thank you tonight. We praise you tonight. And we thank you for all that you have done. Bless your people, oh God. Those who have raised their hands tonight. Those who have surrendered their life to you. Those who will connect with us. We thank you and we praise you. This we pray in Jesus' name. That all of God's people say, amen, amen. God bless you. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for those words, Pastor. Of, uh, having faith over fear. It's not easy bringing your personal uh, testimony in front of people, uh, technically strangers that you don't know, but Pastor did that, and we thank him for, for everything you've given tonight. Um, a reminder, we'll, we'll, we will be having a baptism at the end of this series on August 7th, so if you feel impelled at all to be drawn closer to Christ, to join our church, take that next step with your walk with God. Uh, maybe you want to join one of our girl groups, um, pray or anything, just text the word Next step to 855-997-1170 and you'll be contacted by someone from our personal ministries or a pastor himself. Tomorrow night, don't forget our next meeting, Sunday night, and we'll be talking about what, Pastor? Guilt. Tomorrow we'll be talking about guilt, okay? Uh, if you've been blessed by tonight's program and you want to share that blessing with someone else, want to ask you to share, share with somebody. Uh, invite three people to come. Remember, we're here in person. We have uh, masks. We have everything in place here for you to come in person or, share, or online on YouTube or Facebook. Please don't forget, share and invite three people. So I know I told you that I'm going to have something for some people at the end of this service. So I think I see most of the people here that I, that I know with the mask on, but I do see a few people here that I don't recognize. So I want to welcome you. Thank you for coming. Am I, are, are we visitors, right, Sister Bailey? Right, visitors? I can't, okay, I can't see. Anyway, um, mind the lights. The lights, right? But I have a gift for the young man with you. But I want him to answer one question. What did the, what was the title for today? What did this pastor speak about today? Ah, faith over fear. Let's give them a round of applause. Let's give them a round of applause. Uh, see me after service. I have, a, I have a small gift for you, okay? All right, perfect, perfect. Now for our online viewers, guess what? I did not forget you. I did not forget you. You have to go to our website. <laughs> That's what you get for being online. Go to the website and go to tabsda.org uh, front slash faith wins and take the quiz. There's a quiz. You have to pay attention. Take the quiz, and I think it's about maybe six or seven questions on the quiz, and whoever gets them all right, we'll see tomorrow. I'm going to announce that winner tomorrow, okay? And we'll see who, who's going to get that prize tomorrow, amen? All right, finally, we don't forget we have our prayer room. Uh, if you're in need of prayer or any type of support, there's a Ring Central prayer line that's going to be happening in the next five minutes. 
So we're hoping, if, as you've seen on your, uh, on your screen right now, there's a Ring Central app. There's also a phone number for those who are in person. If you want to probably join on the phone on your way home, there is a phone number. I can give it to you on your way out. It, and again, it's a prayer room if you need any type of support. Again, folks, hope you've been blessed tonight. Hope God has blessed you. Let's close with a quick word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for a word from you. We thank you for giving us the faith that we need to overcome fear, Father. Bless those who are in person here as they travel home. Help us to reach home safely. And help everyone who's able to come tomorrow night, 730 sharp, where we discuss faith over guilt. In your name I do pray. Let us all say amen. Have a good night. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, family. Come on and just begin to give God praise. God, we just want to pour out our love on you, God. We want to pour out our worship on you, God. So we're asking that you receive our love. You receive our worship, God. Your name is high. Your name be glorified, God. You say that if you be lifted up, all men will draw unto you, God. So we lift up your name, God, and you will do the drawing, God. So we give you praise. Come on and clap your hands wherever you are. We
your worship.